Hey, good morning, Kettlebrook Church. Why am I going after the children's ministry? This is going to be a colossal letdown. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. <laughs> Obviously, Troy doesn't want me coming back. Um, so if you guys could turn your Bibles to um, Matthew five thirty-eight to 48. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a smartphone with a Bible app on it, there's one below your seat. And I'm supposed to have the page numbers ready for you. Uh, page 684. 684 from those Bibles underneath your chairs. Thanks for having me. Not like you had a choice. My name is Andy Christofferson, and I'm a friend of Kettlebrook. I'm a friend of Troy's, and uh, I've been hanging out more and more with Troy lately, recently, and I really appreciate Troy. Really appreciate what he's done for me. He walks with me through the highs and the lows. And he is just an example to me of what a Christian brother is. He's one of the best examples in my life. So, thank you, Troy. I know Troy hates that. I know Troy's going to say something to me after about that. Dude, quit talking about me. But, um, just need to extend that. I also need to extend a thank you to, uh, a guy with a good looking beard and back named Barry, I think. Right? Barry came in, um, so I sent out a, a text to Troy last night at 4 o'clock. You know, a good 16 hours, 15 hours before I'm supposed to be up here. Yeah, I'm supposed to be all prepared and ready to rock, you know. And um, I go, hey, I just had this idea. Can you add this video clip in? And Troy boxed me and he goes, I really don't want to. Well, we can, we can try it. Uh, it's 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You understand that, right? And I said, yeah. I said, that's fine. You don't have to try. Try. So Barry came in early this morning to get that video in today for the, the sermon. So thank you so much, Barry. Appreciate you. Appreciate the volunteers. So that's what having a servant heart is all about. It's those small things that add up. And that was a blessing to me. I don't know if it will make anything better up here, but it was a blessing to me. So I appreciate that. Um, like I said, my name's Andy. I live in West Bend. Um, my wife is, is not here. Um, her and our six children are at home. They range in age from nine down to two uh, twins, two twins, twins um, that are two years old. Um, do you ever get in a disagreement with your wife before church? Huh? I just saw a guy back there go like this. Um, yeah, it happens to the best of us. So we're getting ready for uh, uh, church this morning. And I say to my wife, hey, by the way, I can't stay for the whole service. I have to go to Jackson because I have to preach the same message. And she looks at me and she goes, you never told me that. And I said, yes, I did, honey. And she responds, she goes, yeah, you did. But you didn't articulate it in the correct way. So there might be some repentance on the table uh, when I come home this morning from me to my wife. Um, so she stayed at home with the six kids. Uh, they're having a, they'd have a hard time getting into the nursery, but I guess there wasn't a nursery today, right? 
So she would have been even more exasperated if she had to keep him in here. So um, she's very supportive and loves when I do this. She ended our conversation, and you guys heard this from me before, by saying three things to me. She said, don't say anything stupid, don't cry, and I love you. And then I left. So she's a wonderful woman. Um, she is supportive. She's very supportive. So love you, Michelle. Um, so you're on page 684. I'm glad you are, because I'm not. And we're going to talk about two things today. We're going to talk about retaliation and enemies. Man, the worship was just awesome. Just fed my soul and put me in a place to worship the Lord. It was celebratory this morning. And now I have to talk about retaliation and enemies. What a Debbie Downer. But we got to do what we got to do. You see it on the news all the time, right? Retaliation. Enemies. Seems like it's becoming more and more obvious that our world is broken in those two spheres. I don't care what uh, side of the political spectrum you're on, but retaliation is a tool that seems to be used with our politics and with our government and with our relationships we have with other leaders in the world. A tit-for-tat mentality. You cross me, I cross you. You one-up me while I one-up you. Well, you're not going to wrong me because I'm going to seek revenge. We love revenge, don't we? We love justice. You don't cross me. Where does that come from? I'll give you a simple answer that's not going to suffice. You're going to have more questions after it, but I can't answer them all. I think one of the reasons why we feel that way is because who is on the throne of our lives? Is the Lord on the throne of our lives or do we sit on the throne of our lives? And we're not wronged. How dare you? And we're a vengeful people and we're a retaliatory people. Why? Because we're a sinful people. We're a sinful people in need of grace and forgiveness. And in a response to that grace and forgiveness that we we receive from our Father in Heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, we extend that grace and forgiveness to others. And it transforms us. And we respond differently to being wronged. And we respond differently to enemies. But man, it creeps up in our life, doesn't it? How many of us have been victim to road rage? Not victim as in it happened to us. Victim as it's come upon us and we've attempted to retaliate through the use of our vehicles. Or our voice or our hand gestures. See it all the time. The question is, as Christ followers, how do you and I reflect the kingdom of heaven? Because we're talking about flipped life by Jesus. We're talking about a transformed life that doesn't fit the mold of what culture has for us or imparts on us. We should look radically different. The question is, do we look radically different in how we approach our enemies? And do we look radically different in how we respond, excuse me, respond to those that wrong us? 
So let me set the stage for the verses. If you want to take a look, page 684, Matthew 5, verse 38 to 48. Jesus is discussing a number of big issues. You know, adultery, murder, divorce, oaths, eye for an eye, love for enemies. And he keeps starting it out by saying, you have heard what it was said before. This was how things were ran. But under the kingdom of heaven that I want to establish, the kingdom of God that I want to establish, in your hearts and minds, we're going to do things differently. The law doesn't suffice anymore. Do you ever feel like your Christianity, your faith, your walk is being whittled down to just being a law-abiding citizen? I pay my taxes. I support my family. I take my kids to one vacation a year. I put them in as many as sporting events as I can until I'm exhausted. I do things for other people. I'm a good guy. I take care of my family. I follow the rules. I follow the law. I only go over the speed limit by seven miles per hour. And that's not what Christ is asking us to be or do. Christ is asking us to go above and beyond. So when you read this text, He's calling you to a radical life that's been transformed by the power and grace of Jesus. He's asking you to do do things that people are going to scratch their heads at. They're asking you to do things that people would say, you have every right to do this. Why didn't you do that? That's what He's calling you to. So let's read this. Let's give some context to it. Let's ask some questions. Man, I'm parched. Here we go. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. We still have that, don't we? In some countries in the world, you steal, your hand gets chopped off. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek... Turn to him the other also. So in the culture of that day, if you got hit on the right cheek, what happened was you were slapped with the person's right hand, right hand with the back of it. It was the ultimate insult to be slapped with the back of someone's hand. Someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. So if someone went after you in the court of law, wanted to take something from you, you ask what else that they can take. What else can I give you? If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Roman soldiers, when they traveled from post to post, or they had to go to a battle, um, they could ask a Jewish citizen to carry their belongings with them, to carry their shield with them. And you had to do it. Someone forced you to go one mile, go with them two miles. 
Give to the one who asked you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Radical ideas. Radical thoughts. So when I'm talking today, I'm going to ask you more questions than I have answers. For you to reflect, think about where your heart is. Because this is the difference between the old law and a kingdom heart. Remember, I'm not necessarily talking about the actions. It says the actions in the Bible, right? But I'm talking about the heart behind it. Do you have a posture and a heart that will invite these scenarios into your life and that will respond in a radically different and life-altering way? Do you have enemies? Do you have people in your life that are asking something of you? You can think about them right now. Go ahead. Do you have an opportunity to engage in someone, with someone that is spiteful, vengeful, And doesn't necessarily have your interests at heart. Do you have those opportunities in your life? What are you doing with those? Are you responding with the bare minimum? It goes on to talk about love for your enemies. You have heard what it was said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy, enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So how do you know? Here's, here's, here's the thing to check yourself. How do you know if you're a son or daughter of the Father? Do you pray for your enemies? I've had some just recent events where I've encountered what I feel have been enemies in my life. Things haven't gone the way I, I planned them. I can clearly remember certain days praying for the people that I felt wronged me, that I felt were my enemies. I'd stop in the middle of it. I couldn't keep going. Because it's just a battle in my heart. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pray for their heart. I didn't want to pray for their family. That's hard. You ever been in that situation? You felt wrong so much, you can't even pray for him. Now I can't see my Bible. It's all good. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? 
Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You're never going to be perfect, but the understanding of that verse is you're striving, you're being sanctified into who the Father is. So who's your enemy? Is it your spouse? Marriage is what it was cracked up to be? Someone wrongs someone in their relationship and you just can't get over it. Is your spouse your enemy? Kids, how about school? You don't have enemies at school, do you? Someone giving you a hard time at school? Someone not leaving you alone, kids? Someone making fun of the way you dress? Someone making fun of how you talk? Kids, someone making fun of how good or not good you are in sports? What friends you hang out with? How about work? A boss. We love all our bosses, right? Coworker. That you just don't see eye to eye with. It's kind of bubbling to the top. You can't avoid it anymore. It's going to come to a head. Not physically, but, you know, figuratively. Well, it could physically, I guess. Friendship that went sour. Not on speaking terms. Talking behind your back. Ever have a friendship turn sour, become an enemy? Are you the enemy? What are you doing? Are you the enemy? But here's the interesting thing about all this. So you ask, you know, okay, why? This is how relationships go, Andy. Okay? I screw up sometimes. I get retali- I, I, I retaliate. I have enemies. Doesn't everyone have enemies? Here's the incredible thing about these passages and these verses. Did you guys know that you're God's enemy? Did you know that? Did you know that you wrong God? That you spit in God's face? That you slap God? That you disrespect God? That you dishonor God? And that you're his enemy? And what does God do? Does he retaliate? 
Does he continue to love? We're going to watch a movie clip. Some of you, it'll be familiar. Uh, Actors, Liam Neeson. His name in the movie is Jean Valjean. You may know this movie, Les Miserables. We're going to watch a little clip. I want you to see how retaliation and being an enemy is void in this clip. And how transforming it can be for someone. want to hear anything more about it. I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, and thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes, Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go. Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam, you know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God.
now, and now I give you back to God. Romans 5.8 says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You weren't right. You weren't well. And despite your condition, the Lord died for you. Despite your hatred, your hatred for your enemy, your vindictiveness, Christ died for you. Colossians 1, 21 and 22. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You were enemies of God. But now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight. You are holy, brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You are holy. God's righteousness has been imparted on you because He took the wrath that was reserved for you because of your sin. He took it upon Himself on the cross. And while He was on the cross, Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How satisfying that should be to your soul. You're forgiven. You no longer have to seek your own justice. You no longer have to hate your enemy. Because the gospel says that Jesus pursues his enemies. The gospel forgives Seventy times seven. Eternity. Over and over and over again. Your enemies should be forgiven. The gospel allows you to be wronged. The gospel allows you to lose. You can lose. Your reputation can be shattered. Because you have Christ. Your hope is not in your good name, your good standing. Your hope is in Christ. Your name can be dragged through the mud because Christ's was. Your enemies can have your way with you. Because Christ's enemies did. Are we living that as a people? We just read, we just uh, sang a song about there's still a lot of work to be done in the city. Do you think a lot of that work is going to be done by being law-abiding citizens and saying this is the Christ life? The changes in this city and the changes in people's hearts and the changes in your hearts are going to happen when you adopt a heart that's bent towards the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gospel. Father, thank you so much.
for your death. Father, thank you so much for your son's death, laying down his rights, laying down his his ways, humbling himself, Lord, taking a punishment that wasn't his. Lord, I pray that that sinks in deep into our hearts. Lord, I pray that this week we seek out our enemies. We pray for our enemies. We do something radical in love for our enemies. Lord, I pray when we feel those vindictive thoughts and feelings well up inside us, Lord, we keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, that the first thing we think of when we're about to bite back, strike back, Lord, that we think of Jesus. Lord, we want to do things for this city. And we realize we only can do those things for our city. With your Holy Spirit radically transforming our hearts, Lord. So would you do that with these words that you have in in the Bible? In Jesus' name, amen.